Alright, so we're continuing with our discussion of the Siva Osher. We're still in the second parak, and we're still and we're still in the same midrash that we quoted already before. It's a long midrash that is discussing wealth. So, midrash continues that these gifts that we spoke about last time, the three gifts that the person that has one of them uh, has all the happiness in the world and the gifts are, what are the three gifts? Misha, do you remember? I wasn't here. I, I didn't oh, listen to it. Okay, no problem. Um, three gifts? Yeah. That a person what? That a person, uh, if he has one of these three gifts, then he has all the happiness in the world. Good heart. No. Ahma, Osher, and... Kibura. Kibura. Very good. That's, there's a, a mission related to that, isn't there? For, for Gavos, what's the most important, something or other, than what says. That is, but it's important. We're not talking about important. Uh, we're talking about these three unique gifts, and the morale explained that these three gifts have to do with the three aspects of a person. A person is made up of body, emotions, and intellect or, or soul. Right? Spirituality. Yeah. So then a person who has, who, who has a, uh, a, a gift in one of those three areas uh, somehow uh, is tapped into blessing uh, in, in every way. And, and we explained so that you know, uh, a, per, a person's physicality, that would be wealth. Wealth is in physical objects. That's like your has to do with the person's body. Um, a person's emotions is a gibor. A gibor is not simply someone who happens to have you know, extra large muscles, but a gibor really is someone who is emotionally extremely determined and uh, and driven. You know, uh, I think I think maybe one of you guys said last time. Ezu Gibor Hakovish Yitro, who is a strong one, someone who can conquer his his inclination, right? And certainly someone who can who can overcome obstacles, who can overcome other people, etc. You know, uh, growing up there was a there was a you know back when they used to make nice movies. There was, a, there was a movie Rudy about a little guy who like was desperate to play college level football. And how he, he didn't give up, no matter what, no matter what, right? And finally, he got to do it. So that's a gibor, right? That's a, he's a bigger gibor than some guy who's seven feet tall and weighs 350 pounds, right? So um, that's gvura is fundamentally an emotional capacity. And uh, and then of course. Um, Kochum is a intellectual or, or spiritual capacity. Okay, so, uh, so those are the three we spoke about last time that a person that is tapped into one of those really is connected to all the um, all the bracha that Hashem is sending into this world. 
the first one was working on. Just think about there's the physicality, which is wealth. So wealth is, is physical stuff. Not physically strong. No. Physically strong is uh, you could get a job as a furniture mover. You make you make uh, twenty dollars a night. What do you think, 20 bucks an hour? Loading furniture on your back? Pretty good? I mean, you only do it for 30 years of your life. Let's say, what if you're very strong? Well, what I'm saying is even, I mean, you're, you're going to be paying for it later with health costs. It's not really it sounds, sounds painful. It's only, it's only if you're... Not very... Not such an incredible thing. A person that has wealth is tapped into wealth? Person has wealth, right? Person has wealth. That's a, that's a that's a unique that's a unique thing. That's an incredible thing that he has that gives him something that other people don't have. So even if a person's a not so nice person. Oh, that's what I'm about to say. However, says the Midrash, these are these three gifts are only good if you were given them by Hashem. But if a person went and took for the himself these three gifts because of his desire for them even though really this is not something that is coming to him then then they're gonna uh, then it says the Midrash you, there's nothing to be happy about because it's gonna dissipate very quickly it's gonna disappear from them is that like the first shear that we talked about? That when a person overreaches? Yes. That's that is literally, yes. Yes. That's, that's exactly where he was going. Um, the Midrash brings a, a number of examples where not only did this overreaching, this desire for these great things, uh, cause people to not get those things, but actually caused their demise. So it says, there were, and no, it's interesting, the Midrash points out there were two people that had extraordinary wisdom, but not wisdom that was given by Hashem, wisdom that they themselves took, one from the Jewish people and one from the nations of the world. What? No. The nations of the world is Bilaam. He, he was wise as well? Was Bilaam wise? What, what, are, what are we talking about? Wise, yeah, super wise. wise. Yeah, he was about as wise as you could get. Really? I, thought, I mean, I know he had a connection to Hashem, but I didn't yeah, necessarily admit that he was like, That's, again, again, Chochmah and, and, and Nebu, it, 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 it's all in the same package. It means over here. And amongst the Jewish people, there was a person named Achitofel. Anybody familiar with Achitofel and his story? My answer to King David killed himself, helped out from the rebellion. Exactly. Right. So super duper wise, Jabarn. Right. Super duper wise. But the Gemara says that all the days that he was learning Torah and becoming so extraordinarily wise, he was never learning it with all of Hashem. He wasn't learning it properly with. You know, to, to, to be a better servant, he was doing it to become a very wise person. So in the end, ended up very bad for him. Then there were two mighty ones, who they were so mighty, so strong, but uh, again, it ended up not good for them, because it wasn't, actually not a bad example, because we, we may, if we keep up a good pace, we may get to talk about Alexander at the end of this year, but the two 
of the mightiest single person. Shimshin Agibor, very good. Yosef. Shimshin, Samson. Yeah, that's on the Jewish side, from the Jewish people. And from the nations of the world is Goliath. Right. Very good. Okay. So what? Wait, wait. So what? What's the difference? Um, okay. And obviously we know how that ended for both of them. Right? Um, and then finally, two extraordinarily rich people, one amongst the Jewish people and one amongst the nations of the world, who was an extraordinarily rich person, actually coming up for us not too long from now in the Parshios. Korach. Korach, exactly. It says Korach was so extraordinarily rich that I think the Gemara says something like he had like 300 donkeys who were carrying just the keys to his treasure chests. Imagine how many treasure chests he had. Obviously, it's not meant to be taken literally, but it's to give a person an idea. In fact, we may see uh, a midrash that says that from all the wealth Yosef Atzadik accumulated, the Pesach says that Yosef Atzadik accumulated all the wealth in the whole world during the during the years of famine when when he was selling uh, grain. There's only one way to accumulate all the wealth in the world, by the way. You know what that is? During a famine to have the food. It's the only way to get it. <laughs> so, so uh, they got to, they got to keep their land, but the money, the money, yeah. Uh, so he had all the money in the world. So, it, and it says he divided with three um, treasure troves that he that he hid away, and Korach discovered one of them. Okay, maybe we'll talk about what that means. But either way, Karl was extremely rich. That wealth led him to believe that he should be one of the princes of Israel. And that's what caused him to start his um, infamous Machlaikis uh, quarrel with Moshe Rabbeinu. Did he really take the wealth? He ended up being, he ended up, not only he ended up dying, but what, what does the Pasuk say? He and all, what? And all of his possessions, the Torah stresses, he and all of his possessions, every single one of his possessions was swallowed up into the abyss. Did he take that though? Take what? That, these are examples of individuals that took without Hashem giving, right? Yeah. So he found it. Right. How did he take it? I think he had, he had it with him. You said he found it. So did, did he try to like, like kill people to get it? No, but but the point is that but he 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 used it. He used this wealth instead of using it, instead of seeing it as something Hashem was giving him to in order to serve. Like we spoke about last time, being rich. The job of a rich person is to be a, a conduit, a channel into the world. Uh, you think about the concept of, of a rich person. I think we mentioned this. a person has uh, a rich person. What's a rich person? Let's say a person has fifty million dollars, right? How much can a person eat in in, in seventy years? You know, there's only you and your family eat. Wear. I mean, clothing. What's uh, you know, clothing at the end of the day? Is some wool or some linen or whatever it is, right? This. It's it's. Rather, is to take care of other people. It's clear, it's clear as day. It's clear as day. It, 
it's I think if you think about you know during the course of a life of, of 70 years to spend that kind of money you literally have to like be it, it would be almost a person would run out of ideas on a daily basis like how does a person spend that type of money so rather uh, it's 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 to be a servant, etc. The Korach it led him in the other direction. Is he wanted to be uh, one of the leaders, one of the leaders, and and he because of this got into a quarrel with Moshe Rabbeinu from the nations of the world. Who was the wealthiest person? There was somebody even richer than Akashverosh. Babel? No. What? No. Was it the one that Akashverosh got his wealth from? Korash? No. The truth is that that wealth, by the way, was the other treasure trove that Yosef hid away. The major says. But. Haman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because remember, Haman offered Akashverosh so much money that Akashverosh went bonkers, right? He like lost his head. And then afterwards, he was like embarrassed of it, etc. But so, so, so Haman, Haman is from a language of the name Haman is from a Hebrew language of Hamon, Hamon. You know, Hamon, Hamon means lots and lots. Hamon means lots of money. Yeah. Anything. Uh, wait, how do I know it's money? It, Hamon just means lots. Just means lots. What? Right, but, but, but he himself is he's a person. He's called Hamon, right? What? Ooh. Okay, Misha, you just touched on a, the Midrash is literally going to talk about Mammon. It's literally going to talk about Mammon. Just, uh, just hold on that thought. However, it's going to be a little bit different because Mammon doesn't have a hay in it. Yeah. Okay. But but, but 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 uh, but but you're literally just just hold that thought is gonna be is gonna blow you away, okay? But Hamon, lots and lots, lots of what? What could it be lots of describing that he? The only thing that a person can have lots and lots of is money, because money is pieces, pieces, pieces money or, or wealth, property, whatever stuff, right? Stuff is you have this much of this and that much of this and that much of this and you have more and he has 10 cars and he has 5 houses and you know lots and lots more that's Hamon in every other area you never have Hamon right well uh, wisdom for example instead of being further and further subdivided congeals more into one wisdom right uh, or uh, you know uh, other, other things they, they, wealth is the thing that literally, you know, you have millions, right? What, what else is there that you can say someone has millions and millions of this thing? The only thing is, the only thing is money. Okay, so Hamon, Hamazay Hamon was, is literally talking about money. There's nothing, nothing else it can be talking about. That's why he was, he had an unsatiable appetite for wealth, um, etc. Okay, and so we know that that desire for for uh, for that for that you know the unquenchable desire actually um, so that also ended poorly for him. Okay, and finally says the midrash. The midrash brings it back because our midrash is talking about this is a midrash that begins with 
the words, if you guys remember from last week, that B'nai God and B'nai Ruvain, the two tribes, had a tremendous amount of cattle and, and, um, and flocks. Okay? And because they had so much sheep, so much, and so much cattle, so many herds and flocks, they requested to remain on the eastern side of the Jordan River. Instead of coming in with the rest of the Jewish people into the land of Israel. Okay. Now, does anyone know how that ended for them? Well, the truth is that the, um, you could say that about all the ten tribes, except except Yehuda and Binyamin. But the truth, truth is that some people from all the tribes are currently with us. It says uh, explicitly that that uh, Yeheskel, uh, Yeheskel I think Yeheskel or Yirmiyahu, I don't remember. One of those two went went into Assyria and got people from all the ten tribes and brought them all back. Not all of them, but some members from all of them. And so today, the Jewish people have all 12 tribes. The, the, the Gemara and Gittin says that it would literally be impossible for the, for the world to continue if even one tribe was missing. There's one close call. The tribe of Binyamin was almost annihilated in a, in a civil war with the other, with the other tribes. And uh, it was a terrible catastrophe. Yeah, 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 okay. Okay. But the point is that nonetheless, that uh, that it was, uh, and everyone understood that no, that that can't be, and 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 uh, says to this day, Hashem is involved in trying to rep- repair that, etc. So the morale there explains that if one tribe uh, from the Jewish people were to be missing, twelve is like the twelve pillars. Like, can there be uh, how many constellations are there in the sky? You don't know. How many constellations are there? I'm going to guess 12. Oh, at least, at least a good test taker, come on. 12 months, each month has a constellation. No, nobody heard of uh, Zodiac. No, nothing. Wow. There's more than 12. Is there? Yeah, sure. There are ones that aren't associated with the months. So that's not the Zodiac. There are 12 constellations that that control that they have to do with the spiritual flow uh, into the world that's why they're called mazolos mazol is from a language of nozol to flow that's the place where spiritual energy flows into the world so is it possible that one of the 12 would be missing is it possible you have a these are 12 pillars that the whole world stands on. So, okay, so anyway, so the point is... Back to the question. So when Ruben, Dada, and Hatsi Sheba Menashe... Oh, so what did... Hatsi Sheba Menashe didn't ask for anything. No. They didn't. They were put there. They were put. They mentioned Son of Akka first, and then they mentioned their wives and children. It's a separate point. So in Divrei Yomim, in the Chronicles, it says that the very first people to be exiled were the tribes of Ruvain and Gad. They weren't 
condemn them. Meaning, like when they first made the request by Hashem. Or, Are you kidding me? Moshe, Moshe flipped out because he thought it was based on, on based on the precedent that was set previously. Perhaps there's uh, that's a certain level of reading of the of the psukim, but uh, Moshe was a very smart person. Yeah, so at a certain level, the moment a Jewish person opens up his mouth and says, "You know what? Maybe it'd be better for us to be over there." Shem didn't say anything. Did Shem say anything? Um, that was a choice that they made. But 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 the midrash points out that in the end, this end that they were the first one to lose all their money. All the other tribes still got to hold on to their possessions, money, and uh, independence, and they these were the first ones to be exiled and lo- lose all their possessions. Okay. So now. Because they wanted to selfishly focus on their wealth. Is that, what they, that was the idea. So wealth is a very now obviously many many Mephoshim say that they actually had really good intentions, etc. Right. There's a lot, lot about that. However, it's just important to remember that when when you're talking when you're talking about wealth, uh, if it's something that is extra. There is beyond me. Wealth is almost definitionally something that's an extra thing beyond the person himself. I am myself, even to a certain extent, my wisdom and my and and my and my strength and my courage, etc., are are more part of me than my wealth. Wealth is an external thing to a person. So what happens is when it's an external thing, it's very tricky to maintain it from becoming extras ruin the perfection of the thing so if I have a yeah, we all we all know we all know um, it's, it's very good for our body to be to produce new cells and to upkeep upkeep uh, our health however if there's extra growth happening that is not a part of the uh, blueprint of a person, what's that called? Cancer. Cancer, right? And it's not good. Okay, the sages have an expression, kol hamosif goreya. Whoever adds an extra thing that's not meant to be there, really takes away. It's really a form of a blemish. A blemish could be a person's missing a limb, that could be a blemish. Or an extra limb, for example, could also be a blemish. A person with six fingers is, is, is also a blemish. A coin, you know, with an extra large arm or something cannot serve in the, in, in the, in the temple. Right? So, this can, so with, with wealth, it's extremely tricky to keep it from becoming um, just lots and lots of stuff. And even if at some point they intended it, but at the end of the day, it broke them away from the Jewish people. From the rest of the Jewish people, it broke them away. And that's a, that's, that's a, a very, you know, so with all these things we said, with the people that were wise, but not something that Hashem gives you, something you, you took, Kahitofo, Bilam, people that were strong, 
right? But but not for the sake of heaven. People that are rich, but not for the sake of heaven. These are all bad things. When you and say it, took, you mean steal or just unnecessarily? Uh, it means took for yourself, as opposed to having it in service of Hashem. Okay, you use it selfishly. Yeah, took for yourself. So Shimshin used his strength. Lack of to. It's not just tzedakah. Tzedakah is one thing, but you know, when you're talking about a fabulously rich person, it's more of becoming a uh, becoming really a servant of the of the of the people. Meaning, using your money to better society, to better the you know, to better to better the world, as opposed to you know like, oh, fine. Yeah, I'll get, I mean, people think uh, charity, okay, so what is it, it's, uh, 10%, right? So 10%, yeah, I think this line, the, a, business, a business guy that, that, uh, that I was speaking with here in the community, so he says, 10%, no, that's for the W-2s. That's for the guys, because the guy's working in a, you know, a paycheck to paycheck. If you're in business, you're giving 20% from day one. 10% is the minimum, right? 20% is the maximum for a norm, for a regular person. For a regular person, 20% is the maximum. You can't give more than 20%, you're not allowed. The problem was, unbelievable thing to think about. The Gemara says that what used to happen is that the Jewish people had a problem. The problem was, it was very hard times. And there was a lot of really poor people who needed help. And they would come to a person and say, I really need help. Okay, how much do you need? I need, let's say in our terms, right? I need $50,000. The guy would just take out $50,000, give it to him. And he himself would end up becoming impoverished. Or you do this once or twice, you become impoverished yourself. So the sages saw it was a problem. The Jewish people were giving so much, they weren't having money left to be able to run their businesses, etc. So they were falling in the poorhouse. So the sages instituted a ceiling. You're not allowed to give more than 20%. Unbelievable thing about the Jewish people, if you think about it, that you have to institute a, uh, a ceiling. You're not allowed to give more than this. However, that ceiling is only for regular people. But for a fabulously rich person, there's no such ceiling. Because we're talking about a person who needs the other 80% still for himself, right? I, you know, I personally know one person, he told me he gives more than half of his money away. More, more than half of what he earns. Why is this so rare in modern times, extremely rare, if, and yet wealth has gone up tremendously in terms of how much people can have? There's very little of, the, of that is shared. I mean, this is general new action, there's very little example like that. Why is it? Because, because people like, to keep, because people like to keep the wealth for themselves. It's, it's a challenge today, same way as it was back then. We're going to talk about greed. This is a very big problem with wealth. That's what we're saying, that with wealth, there's, there's this tremendous tendency to keep it, to want to keep it. That's really what we're working on, right? But uh, now, as far as I can tell you that there are extraordinarily generous people in this community that yeah, I fundraise for the coal, I know, I know how much people give, and there are plenty of regular working guys that, that are giving 20%. 20% of their, of, of, of their, of their income 
and like I said, wealthy people giving above and beyond that. So okay. <clears throat> um, now we have to understand how unique wealth is from all the other blessings. We don't have any other thing. Hashem can bless a person with wisdom, it can end up bad for him. True. Hashem can bless a person with extra might, it can end up bad for him. Also true. But listen to this Pasuk in Kahalas. Pasuk in Kahalas says, Osher, Shamur, says, I saw there is such a thing, wealth, which is set aside for its master, Lebalav, for his evil. It's, it's a very unique thing that wealth is, is, is singled out as being actually somehow literally damaging for the person. Makes sense based on what you said. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. It's this extra stuff, right? In, in other things, it's not as readily apparent as being extra. Here it's literally things that are beyond the person, that are extra to you, and when it's extra, it ruins a person's entire perception of self. There's no self because you can always just get more stuff. So, so, so where did it stop? You know, where are you, right? If a person has to get a certain idea of himself, and you have a certain idea of yourself, then you can kind of preserve that, right? Uh, something that is whole, is perfect. we've given this analogy many times before, an egg. A whole egg, because there's not missing any of it, try to put it into your hand and try to break it, right? You're not going to be able to. I think an egg can withstand like, I forget, 300 pounds of pressure or something, right? It's, it's a tremendously strong thing. But if it's missing one little tiny piece of the shell, then even the you know, with two fingers you could, you, could, you could break it, right? So the concept of shleimus, of being what you are, being whole, is extremely important in the preservation of self. Just like in the person's health, let's say. As long as the body is in a homeostasis, which means everything is balanced, everything is healthy, everything is working, everything supports the other thing. The moment one thing goes wrong, I don't have to tell you, right? It's like, then there's always a domino effect. If one organ system goes weak, it starts putting stress on the other one, then that one starts going weak, starts putting stress on more and more, and the thing snowballs until all of a sudden you can have a, you know, a terrible situation develop very, very rapidly, right? So, shleimus, wholesomeness, completion, is extremely important for preservation of the thing. And it's true in physical, systems like we just described right the arch the arch is the strongest is one, is, is strongest uh, weight supporting system there is There's all the build all the bridges and everything use arches right? and yet you take out one stone from that arch and the entire thing collapses right because they're all wedged in against one another supporting one another the same thing with us with our physical health that's for sure true but also with our self-perception, who I am, to be a wholesome person. And wealth is a thing that can very much so degrade that because of this feeling of like, well, you can always have some more stuff. You can always have some more money. 
how much money do you have? I have a million dollars. Okay, well, obviously, but I want two million dollars, right? So then you're lacking. So you're always lacking. No matter where you are, you're always lacking. This could also be the case where the person is not wealthy, then, right? The person that has, what, if they're making $50,000, that, then they could still feel. They it's still from the wealth. The it's from. Right. Wait, right. But it's the wealth that's doing it. What, so, whatever extra that person has of that $50,000? So, the point is, money itself is always a thing outside the person. It's right. an extra thing to the person. So, the only way is to be a Yaakov Avinu. And to say, Yesh li kol, I have everything. When Yago is talking to Asa, he says, keep, keep the gifts I gave you. Yago gave Asa, uh, probably back then, talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, equivalent. He gave him flocks and herds and all these things, right? Asa said, my brother, I have lots of things. I have lots, says Asa. You keep the gift that you gave me. Yago says back to him, no, but Yeshli call. I have everything. So you keep it. How can you say I have everything? We spoke about this before. How can you say I have everything? Clearly Asaph has something. Asaph has a lot. So Yaakov saying I have everything means I have what I have right now. Whatever that is. And Yaakov by this time was a rich person. But he said, what I have now is what Hashem wants me to have. And therefore... We can draw a circle around that and say, oh, look, the circle is full. Oh, you want some more? No, I'm perfectly happy with this. Now, he's doing, you know, he might do business investments or whatever. Maybe Hashem will expand that circle. Maybe Hashem will expand the circle. But currently what I have, perfect. This is exactly what I need to have. And if that circle shrinks, then this is what, I'm, this is what I need to have. As long as your circle is whole, doesn't have any chinks in it, then you're an egg that's very strong. If the egg expands, it's fine to also. But always be in a state of shlemus, of feeling, I have everything. As we spoke about last time, with Solomotanus Yichia, and I'm a stab of Bechelko, saying, this is my portion. This is what I meant to have. So if a person feels a lack in any way, when it comes to, let's say, wealth, or Let's focus on wealth right now. If a person feels a lack in wealth. They're they're not whole. Right. And they're gonna they're they're basically corrupted and enslaved into the money. Well, but we haven't said enslaved. But but what's happening is now the the person has opened himself up to rot, to bad things, to and we're gonna see soon to losing that money. Like uh, when Aesop said, uh, like I have plenty, it, it leaves room for greed. That's right, 100%. 100%. I, have, I have lots, which means you go. What if the drive for wealth is in order to be able to give more? Let's That's say it. somebody's worth five million, but they want to be worth a hundred because they want to. Give no problem. That's fine. Again, what we spoke about last time, you're coming in the you know, it's a kind of a part three over here. But point is, where you are right now, you're working hard on what you're doing, doing a good job with it. Opportunities come your way, you're happy to take them, but you're happy with what you have right now. And and uh, and if that expands, you'll be happy with that. So, so why take the opportunity? Because it's being sent by Hashem. Well, to do more as well, no? Well, it's true, what I'm saying, but but an opportunity is being sent by Hashem. Where, so then, then it, then it means that, that, that Hashem is instructing you to expand the, to expand the, uh, the circle.
and is this the discussion of like that, over that, that's, that's what we spoke about as we spoke about with Avram Adinu right when he, 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 had a, he was being given a generous uh, you know where Paro and Yimelech was saying please take this from me okay you want me to take it you give it with a good heart then it means that Hashem wants me to have it so I'll take it whereas when Melech Sodom the king of Sodom was saying, ah, listen, take the money, just give me the people. Oh, so really, you want the whole thing, so then I don't want your money. So Avram gave him back everything. Yeah, so the point is, Avram will take it if it's being sent from Hashem. Which plays into, of course, not being dishonest, not backstabbing people, etc. That's clearly not coming from Hashem. If you have to, if you have to muscle somebody out of a business deal, then guess what? That's not coming from Hashem. Right? You have to backstab someone or whatever it is. That wealth is not coming from Hashem. All that wealth is going to do is make a chink in your armor and cause you to lose everything. Yeah, it's going to break your shlemus. That is that. That's uniquely why. Um, so with God and Ruben, what happened? Because of their wealth. They ended up living outside the land of Israel. What the symbol of? Land of Israel is closed. It's enclosed. It has mountains in the north. has a, It has a river along along the east. It has a desert in the south. It has a sea in the west. It's it's a closed, nice egg. Very very hard to break into. But when they got Bray Ruvain, what did they do? They were outside, outside the. So just like visually, we can see them being outside. So to the the mental space they were in was one that lacked this feeling of being satisfied with what you have. So that's why they were the first ones to lose their wealth and and, and to be exiled from the land. Okay, another possible. Pasuk says to us that Hashem is warning us that you're going to come into the land of Israel and you're going to Dvarim you're going to come into the land of Israel and you're going to build for yourselves good fancy houses and you'll settle in them and you'll have flocks of cattle herds of cattle and flocks of sheep and goats they'll increase for you very much and you'll have lots of silver and gold that'll increase for you and everything you'll have lots of it you see how many words it says the word lots and lots and lots sounds like hamon right hamon hamon lots and lots of stuff and your heart will be uplifted and you'll forget Hashem your God so we, he, we see here a unique aspect that wealth specifically makes a person arrogant more than anything else. Why is that? Why is it? We, we, we saw here we have three gifts that a person can have. Uh, wisdom, strength, and wealth. And yet from those three, wealth is the one that makes a person, the Torah stresses that you're going to become arrogant. What's the most tangible? Very good. Maral says exactly right. He says it's literally in front of your eyes. Who else? A, a, a very a smart person, a very wise person. Bill Cochran walks into the room. 
Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's in his head. But if he pulls up in a Ferrari, then you know it's different. Ferrari, big house, fancy suit, you know, giant golden watch, whatever else, right? It's it's a parrot. It's out there. Right? So first of all, again, first of all, we pointed out that Gura fundamentally is an emotional strength. Second of all, even if big muscles, uh, it, it's not something you can flex all the time. Pun intended. Yeah. I mean, if you happen to be, um, you know, in a boxing match, yes. But the rest of the time. You're just a regular guy. Wait, I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? You're gonna start getting into a fight with people on the on the airplane, right? Then Mike Tyson punch somebody out in the airplane, and yeah, they're getting sued or whatever, right? It's it only works in the ring. Right? You, you can't like go around beating people up. It's just not gonna work, right? So, but if you have your own private jet, that you know, somebody says something you like, you say, get off the jet, right? So that's something that's always. So the model all says if you're rich enough, you can beat people up in your jet. <laughs> no, okay. Right. Sorry, Arnold. I'm confused. I don't know. I, I know. I, I know you've been looking for a good excuse to use your jet, but. Uh, it's, uh, okay. <clears throat> good. Uh, can the. So the Midrash continues. The Midrash continues first on the bottom of the first page over here. This is what the Pasuk says. Kilo mimotza umarav v'lo midbar harim. So we're talking about wealth over here, Pasuk in Tehillim. And it says that not from the east and not from the west, not from the desert, which is a code word for... Uh, for the south, right? The desert is, is in the south, and not from the mountains. Mountains is a uh, where? Where are the mountains? In the north, right? So, not in the east, not in the west, not in the south, not in the north. Uh, is is the money? Ki Elohim, because God is Shofet, He's the judge. Ze Yashpil, this one He lowers. The Ze Yarim, and this one He He lift, He elevates. Okay. So, says the Midrash, what are we talking about this, not in the east, not in the west? He says, even if a person travels the whole world from the east to the west, he runs around to try to get money. We discussed maybe in the past, I don't remember who was here, but the concept that, uh, that a soher, I mean a merchant, what's a merchant? A merchant is a person who buys low and sells high. Now, how can you buy low and sell high in the same place? That's called arbitrage, right? So maybe you get lucky one, well, you know, one day, you, you got one guy selling uh, low and then, then you know, literally next, next toll over you can sell high. But it, it's very, very rare, right? So how, how do you usually buy low and sell high, Alex? You stock it or Okay, so you can move in time, shift in time, or move locations. You buy one place, you sell another place, right? So merchants are people who travel, right? You you move around for business deals. Yeah, so you, you go you, you go on your ships to one side of the world, and certain things are cheap there, and other things are expensive there. So you buy the cheap things there, you go to the other side of the world where those things are expensive. 
and other things are cheap. You sell the stuff that you have for expensive, and you buy the cheap stuff, and you go back to the other side of the world, right? That's that's what a merchant is. So says the midrash, even if you're going to be traveling from the east to the west, you're going to go down to the desert, to the most remote places, and up into the mountains, right? It's not from that that your wealth is going to come. Right? Why? Because it says, because Hashem is a judge. He decides whom He lowers and whom He elevates. Okay? Which we'll talk about that soon, what that means. Another opinion. What does it mean? Mimidbar haharim. Harim. So the opinion is that harim means not mountains, but harim means to elevate. He says that this is the one thing, like we pointed out earlier, that can bring a person tremendous arrogance, wealth, from being a desert, from being downtrodden, low, poor. person can be harim, can be elevated, can, he can be like a mountain, he can be so haughty, right? But he says, no, because Hashem judges and he takes away from this person, he gives to this person. That's what it means. He lowers this one, he elevates that one. Why? Because money is a funny thing. Money, what's money ultimately? If you think about what money energy. is. It's energy, really. Energy, what people's energy. Physical or, energy. It changes things. What do you mean? Well, I mean, it can create change of any kind. Oh, it can create change. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of but, form of but, but first energy. of all, is there's the amount of resources in the world right now. Let's say at this very moment, there's a certain amount of resources in the world. Now, how many dollars I have in my pocket means how many of those resources are mine. We all agreed, right? We, we all agreed that we're gonna, you know, that these currencies that we have speak to all those resources in the world, right? And the number of the number of uh, of currency, the amount of currency that I have, determines how many of those resources I have access to, versus you. So really, whatever I have. You don't. I mean, it's true the pie can expand with time, right? We can expand the pie, but currently, at this very moment, there's a pie, and depending on how much money I have, is how much is is determines how how much wealth you have also, right? It's, it's for example, if a person were to somebody were to take and the, the guy he happens to be a, a billionaire and he burns a billion dollars, at that very moment, everybody else would get would become a little bit richer. Why? Why would everybody get a little bit richer? Right. In, in other words, exactly. Disinflation. I mean, he just made the value of everyone else's dollars more. Which is, by the way, why like people don't realize this, but when the government prints money and just dumps trillions of dollars into the system, and then there's inflation. What's going on? How come there's inflation? Because um, you diluted the value of the currency, right? When you pump trillions of dollars into you dilute the value of the currency, obviously, right? But uh, so the point is, so the model says that fundamentally, when this one is lowered, this one is higher. This one goes higher. That's that's how it goes. It moves around from people to people, right? Because it's really something that changes hands, and 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 when one goes down, another one necessarily goes up. The resources are, are, are the same. Assuming, assuming the resources haven't changed from any moment to moment. Um,
Now, here we go. This is the part that Misha wants to talk about. Says the Midrash. That's why properties are called mechasim. I'm two lines from the bottom. Properties are called mechasim. Lekach, nikro, shmam, mechasim. That's Hebrew word for properties. Why? Shenechasim mizeh v'negalim lozeh. Because they become hidden from this one and revealed to that one. It means you used their properties, all of a sudden they disappeared from you. And now they pop up over there by the other guys, like mushrooms, right? They were here, they disappear here, and they pop up over there. That's right. Yeah. So properties, the term for properties is nechassim. They move around from here to there. Yeah? Next, lama nikra shmam zuzin, coins are called zuzi. Zuz is a coin. Why are they called coins? Shezazim mizev Because they move around from this one to that one. They're called movers. They move around from here to there. That's why they call zuzim. Because they zaz, they move from this one to that one. Why is it called mamun? Money is called mamun. Because ma'atamone. Einoklum. Mamun is from a language of mone. Mone means to count. So what, which things do you count? Dover should be minion. Something is countable, something is important. Right? You count important things. Unimportant things you don't count. For example, you go to the store to buy rice. So Mijo, when you go to the store to buy rice, usually, I'm not saying all that, usually, how many kernels of rice do you usually buy? Oh, you, you buy your weight, right? Why? Why do you buy your weight? Why don't you buy it? Counting it is... Could, could, could. You have one of those machines that they have in the base where you dump a bunch of change in there and it, and it counts it. It's good, it's good. Uh, why, why, don't, why doesn't one count rice? Yeah. Because it's not important enough. Because it's not important enough. You only count things that are important, right? Diamonds, you know, they're very small. But for some reason, that all the, the, the I've never seen diamonds sold by weight. <laughs> <laughs> they are 17 carats. They are. Yeah, but it was like, a ba- like, a, like a like a like a bag, right? In bags, right? So, 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 so what about Saman? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just just want to make this point. Then, okay, the point is so counting things are, is things that are valuable. Ma mon ma means what? Ma mon. What are you counting? What are you counting? Ain't no clue. It's nothing. You're spending all this time counting the coins, counting the coins, counting the coins. They're gonna move away from you tomorrow. It's not even besides moving away from you. What is it even while you have it? We pointed out that they move away from you. They move around anyway. But even while you have it, what is it? The important thing about what is it? What is it? People are so obsessed with it, but what is it? Yeah, it gives you the ability to do certain things. That's true. But store value. Good. And even if you could eat it, uh, how much could you eat already? Fine. Okay. But let's say you have gold, right? Gold and silver. Right. But 
But how much can you eat? But how much can you eat? There's only so much a person can eat, right? Of food. Okay, and finally, it's called moles. Ma leis, a language of of uh, it's it's just for the moment. It's just for now. It's leis. It's 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 just it's just for the moment. It's a language of ace for the moment. Moles. So, what 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 are you? That's uh, to give perspective, right? Because it, it really tends to drive people crazy, right? Um, that's why, if if you view it as being from heaven, if you view it as being from Hashem, you say, listen, Hashem has entrusted me with a certain task, a certain job. I happen to have X amount of money, and if Hashem gives me more, I'll have more of it. And with it, I'm going to do the appropriate, responsible thing. 100 percent and 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 there's very important things that you could do with it. but if a person is sitting there and he's counting and then he's and he's getting all you know uh obsessed with it etc that that's a very that that's the difference if you view that coming from hashem then it does help it's a healthy good thing and it's one of the three powers that hashem gave to the world wisdom strength and money but if you but if you view it as being, if you take it for yourself, this is perhaps the most destructive of the three. All three are destructive, but money is perhaps the most destructive of the three. That's the distinction. Taking it for yourself or viewing it as being entrusted to you by Hashem. Because it all belongs to Hashem. That's right. Why is it the most destructive? We said before, because it's, it's something that is that uh, that is beyond a person and once something is beyond the person separate from a person it ruins a person's uh, ability to perceive what he is and what he's not um, okay, unfortunately we're not going to get to the the other sources over here so we're on page two we're just about to talk about incredible Marlon's going to tell us why is silver called kesef why is zahav called why is gold called zahav uh, incredible morales but we'll do say it until next week next week Bez Hashem I think we're going to finish the Nesiva Osher and uh, I hope question, to see you all there where else would it be sent, sent from it says what is another reason why well it's not sent from heaven but if somebody has an opportunity isn't that wouldn't they think it's sent from heaven if you're a tzaddik then you think that yeah if you're a righteous person then you think that way